Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Deadpool. Let's do it. Deadpool. Yes. Two. Well, two. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This character has grown on me a lot because I remember, like, when Deadpool was first getting, when Deadpool started getting very, very popular, it was one of those things where everybody who was like, Deadpool's my favorite. He's the best. They were the same people that were like, Family Guy is the best show ever made. Family Guy's good. Is better. It oh, is I good. mean, nothing's better. That's it a little. Is, it is good, but like it was, it was in that category where it was like, oh, this person's favorite show is Family Guy. Of course, their favorite comic book character is That's Deadpool, and it was. So I have <laughs> a friend was... who loves Deadpool. And I didn't yeah. know anyone else at the time. And that might be true. I'm pretty sure he really liked Family Guy. I'll have to yeah. ask him now. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, it used to be something that bothered me. But then actually, like, I actually really, like, got into it a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is actually pretty funny. This is, this is pretty good. Like, I can, I can get into this. Because he's, he's it, it's never, I never look at it, like, anything he's in or anything I've read that he's in. Like, it's never one of those things where... I am ever really worried or concerned. I'm like, oh, uh. Deadpool's here. This is gonna be fine. Like, <laughs> this is gonna be. This is just gonna be fun because he just he breaks the fourth wall and he makes all these ridiculous out off the wall jokes. So, I guess the the first thing like I have to ask because he has like is in the movie. I can't remember because I didn't. I re- I watched the second one, but I didn't watch the first one. Does he have like a a, a mental illness? Mm. Good question that I don't think is cleanly really talked about either. So so in the first movie, I think him and his uh, partner girlfriend I don't I don't remember what they call each other, but um, I believe at one point they talk about how your crazy matches my crazy. Um, to just kind of, I I think there's an acknowledgement that. Let's just say he's neurodivergent, so we don't really know how, but there's something about his brain that's built differently, and he seemed quirky and kind of off the beaten path before he became Deadpool, and then I think there's some things about Deadpool as well where his brain and his brain chemistry is is different as well, just like the rest of his body is. And part um, of it has, and like, I know part of it, they say it has to do with his healing abilities. Uh, yes. Like, they, they say he, and in the comic books, I know he has, uh, he has, like, schizophrenia, he has, like, manic depression, and even in the movies, he clearly has attention deficit disorder. <laughs> like, Oh, I would, de- oh, yeah, I. <laughs> 
Yeah. He definitely he has definitely ADHD. He definitely seems to have I ADHD. So manic de- <laughs> depressive is, is, nowadays we call that bipolar disorder. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's definitely stuff going on with him. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if, if he was bipolar. Um, there's just this, like, frenetic energy to him yeah. that, hey, could be fully explained by the ADHD, but there's this like odd quirkiness to him um, that, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he had these had periods of depression, periods of mania where it's kind of hyper doing doing a lot of things, thinking he's doing amazing things, but it's all not really coming together kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I could I could see that that would that would kind of fit his flow a bit. Um. Yeah. He's he's definitely a character that could definitely have mental illness or mental health difficulties. And and here's the thing: I actually like to think of him as having a mental illness in some way because. So there, there's a lot of research and interest in terms of how. Having a mental health diagnosis might preclude you to being more creative or thinking outside the box or seeing life in a different way. So like a lot of musicians, artists, performers, et cetera, et cetera, um, a lot of times there might be mental health experiences that it's not like you have to have a mental health diagnosis in order to be good at those sorts of things. But it's a thread that you see a lot, Mm -hmm. I think, in terms of just. Um, perceiving the world in certain ways, feeling things deeply in different ways, uh, wanting to find ways to process through that, all that I think precludes you to these sorts of things. And I like to think of it as part of him breaking the fourth wall. So him, his brain working differently, potentially in a way that a person might term a mental health diagnosis, I feel like makes him this quirky, funny, off the beaten path person that actually breaks the fourth wall and sees things how they really are in this hilarious way that actually gets him into trouble all the time. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I like to think that those have a, a funny, ironic connect, tie to, to one another. Because, you know, I have to say that, and I've mentioned this in, in other episodes, where sometimes when you'll ask me like, hey, w- uh, what about times where people aren't telling you everything? Or, um, you know, we might talk about people kind of, um, they might not put on airs, but we we kind of, uh, we, we adjust ourselves in different situations. We might filter how we say things. Certain folks that are more neurodivergent, like um, autism spectrum or mental health diagnoses, sometimes they filter themselves a lot less. Yeah. And you get that with him quite a bit. And I, I I just wonder if some of those folks actually relate to him. Kind of like uh what's his name in Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm forgetting his name. Oh my god. Uh Drax. Drax. Yeah, yeah. there's a similar I mean, he, he takes things more literally. That that's kind of where yeah, he comes into play. But yeah. but characters that, that don't filter and they just say exactly what they mean just off the bat straight away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Deadpool, I, I like to think of it as almost like mental health stuff might be one of his greatest powers and then also makes it very difficult for people to be around him. Yeah, definitely. Like it's it 
I watch Deadpool and I'm like, he's this is so much fun to watch. This is mm-hmm. hilarious. I would hate being around this person. Exactly. Oh my like, god, that's it, exactly like, how that's, I feel too. Yeah, that's how like I'm like, oh man, th- he's he's hilarious, and I feel that way so many times watching movies and TV shows. Like it's like even like if I the one that comes to mind is like House MD. Like I'll watch House mm. and I'm like, oh wow, he's such an interesting character. Oh wow, he's so funny. But if I had to work with him... Oh, he'd make me cry every day. I would have put in a two weeks notice, season one. House? Oh. I would have put in a uh, two weeks notice, season one. I'm like, I, yep. I'm going, there's other there's other sick people out there. I'm going to go help them and get mm-hmm. as far away from these guys as I can. Yeah. Uh, but And that's how I am with Deadpool. Like, he's so funny. And quirky. It's like... He would be the uh, stand-up comedian, and I would watch every special and be like, no, I don't want to meet him. I'm good. He He's the guy <laughs> that you see ragging on someone else and you think it's hilarious, but you try and do it quietly so he doesn't notice that you're there, too. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. The life of the party. I'm going to leave the party early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he – I one of the things that sticks out – so, this. The, the version that's on Disney Plus is different from the 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 Blu-ray version that mm-hmm. I have. I have the Blu-ray version that's called, like, the Super Duper Cut. Of course you And do. in that version, there's actually, and it's kind of weird, there's almost like a, a montage of him trying to kill himself after his mm-hmm. girlfriend or his after she gets murdered yeah. like in the in the disney version they show him just like blow himself up in his apartment but there's like a like at one point he jumps into like a tiger or lion pit at the zoo and it's like it's all oh of these God. other yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal and it's it's one of those things that i kind of felt bad about looking at it now mm. because i'm like why is this funny this uh. isn't this isn't like it shouldn't but at the same time it's i think it what makes it funny is knowing that he's not actually going to die yeah yeah and it's, so because yeah. because he cannot die he takes it to these ridiculous lengths and right. and, and like you said it, it it turns it from from focusing on his pain to almost making it kind of like a farce of yeah. of um, oh man, like look how ridiculous all these different things are. Even though you're right, I mean it's some serious stuff. I'm kind of smiling to myself over here, I guess because I'm a terrible person. But you're you're so right, and and we do have to be mindful. I I love how I love how Deadpool. There there are certain things that kind of skirt the line between dark humor and oh, you shouldn't have right. done that. Cringe. And I, I think they do a very good job of super dark humor without heading into cringe where I feel like I, I just can't laugh at it because of where it, it takes things. Like, I, I think they, they t- just take it to such a ridiculous level. And, and, and just all these different, like, off, off the beaten path comments. And he'll even point out how they head toward cringeworthy stuff or it could be cringeworthy. So I think even narrating himself in some ways kind of helps balance all that out. But, you know, I, I gotta say, I, I don't want to over, I don't want to speak for, for others per se, but 
I almost want to wager that people who have more experiences with the pain and turmoil he's dealing with and what he's doing in in those scenes, I wonder it might actually connect with the humor even more. Be- I I think you know? you're on to something there because I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I hide my pain and humor. Yeah. It I have done it. Totally. I have done it since like middle school and high school and even now I hide my pain in humor and what's so but what's so great about it is there's I feel like there's always someone that can see through it and that's mm-hmm. why I love mm-hmm. Colossus in these movies cuz Colossus yeah. always pops up and he's just like come on Wade like mm-hmm. <sighs> what are we gonna do with you? Like yep, it's yep. it's funny because <laughs> it's just I know. Well, he, that, he sees yeah. right through it. There, yeah, it just kind of creates this extreme version, and and you're so right. We use humor to help us be able to process through things, deal with tough situations, and being of Germanic background myself, I love me some dark humor all the way around. Um, you know, it it can be helpful. Now, that being said, humor can also deflect and it can sometimes we use it to hurt other people or or distract and not help us deal. There's a difference between using humor to help lighten the load and move through something versus using it to deflect. And right. so you were mentioning Colossus. I feel like Colossus is there to try and help Deadpool not deflect, uh, yeah. which he's very good at. And that's actually a skill set I think someone a lot of times with ADHD is very good at mm-hmm. because you're used to bouncing around to different things at a very fast pace and speed yeah. that it's hard for other people to follow. So, so you can actually keep them from hitting on the tough stuff pretty easily, um, yeah. which is a great skill until there's something you need to delve into. And so Colossus really slows things down. But, but yeah, the, the humor, in some ways, I, I, I feel like those of us who hit on these topics a lot, we can appreciate the humor even more when it's done well. Yeah. And I, I, I believe this movie does it pretty well, but some people might disagree and, and not like it. I absolutely, like, I, I remember when the first Deadpool came out and I oh, went sorry. to see it. And of course, you know me, I was prepared I for the worst. Of course. I was, I was walking into it. X-Men but you still 3. went, giving it a chance. Yep, X-Men 3. <laughs> I know. I was walking into it. X-Men 3 is what we're about to get. Or Deadpool from X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Which does appear in this movie in the best way possible. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is, so Wade Wilson and X-Men Origins Wolverine, before they do all the weird stuff with him mm. at the end, his his character's great. Yeah, he's 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 really funny in it. I enjoyed the movie. Like I couldn't believe just how much I liked it, and I walked out thinking like they're definitely gonna make a second one, and they did. <laughs> and I could not, I could not wait for it because I had no idea what the plot was gonna be. Like I mm. didn't know because I don't even know if they showed the the kid, uh, the kid in the trailer. Like I think it was. Mm. They they definitely did a lot of looky loos because they made it seem like X Force was going to be in the movie a lot longer <laughs> than they were. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's those movies are a lot of they're a lot of fun. And even though there's some intense moments, the stress isn't there, yeah. which 
I really appreciate. Like I, I've gotten to that point now where sometimes I don't watch movies because I'm like, yeah. I don't feel like dealing with this anxiety right now. So yeah, like so watching Deadpool, I'm never worried. I'm like, it's no. going to be fine. <laughs> I know. It, and, and it's, once again, and and you were asking, does he have does he have a mental health diagnosis? Maybe, honestly, probably. There's probably tons of stuff going on with this dude. Right. The ADHD thing, uh, it definitely seems like there's enough information for. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like sometimes he he does have things like hallucinations or other stuff that pop up, depending yes. on kind of what what's going on in the portrayal. But, um. Yeah, there's definitely odd stuff going on with this guy. I would say odder in the comics, but yes. um, <laughs> definitely odder in the comics. But yeah, it, it's his ability to make light of things and and joke and and keep because of that keep moving when things get super dark and super stressful, and in a way that. Even though it confuses everyone around them and it makes them uncomfortable, it's almost making them uncomfortable in a better way than would have happened if he wasn't there because they would just be focused on all the terrible shit going on instead of what the hell is Deadpool doing. Yeah, and and honestly, I think that's why he's in in the comic books and even in the movies, he's so much fun when he's paired with someone that's like mm. all grumbly. Like yep. he's he's normally paired with Cable. Mm-hmm. Or or Wolverine, he's gonna be he's gonna be with Wolverine in Deadpool three, which I'm really excited. Oh yeah, about right. but uh yeah in this he's of course he's at odds with and then teams up with Cable, who's possibly like couldn't be farther apart from how Deadpool mm-hmm. is, and it's just great because he's just watching someone who's like very regimented and this goes outside of the movie but watching someone who's normally very regimented and and tactical and by the book deal with someone who's sporadic mm-hmm. and at best de- and not right and not type a is always fun because it's like you're doing your best to herd cattle and the cattle are also in a tornado. I'm, like, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. It's every 80s buddy cop movie, essentially. Yes. Yes. It's like, uh, like here's the by the book, the, the by the book, hard ass cop. And here's this cop. He's mm-hmm. insane, but he gets things done. Dude, and, it's Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Absolutely. Except how they treat the, well, yeah. the, the, the doctor in it. Yeah, the therapist. We're gonna at have to she, come at back. At least she to doesn't that. sleep with anybody, so I'm I'm down for it. That is good. yes, that is true. <laughs> the trope that I I hate. Yeah, um, yeah, I I I do like we were saying. I love how off the wall and bouncing around Deadpool is. I'm glad I'm not there to have to experience it directly because we were talking about how how little stress we feel. It'd be super stressful to be around him, yeah. and it's it's interesting because. The kind of person he is, you would potentially expect to have a lot of surface level relationships and not necessarily feel very fully connected to people because right. of how high energy is, how difficult that it would take a lot to be around him and try and kind of track everything he's doing. And mm-hmm. you got to got to have thick skin 
because right. he's going to throw a lot of stuff at you and and tell you how it is and throw all these things at you you're not expecting. So you have to have tough skin. You have to be willing to not always understand what's going on. Yeah. You you have to be willing to have someone who's not going to take things seriously all of the time or not appear to take things seriously all the time because he does take things more seriously than he appears. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and despite all of this, he found his people. And he some does of, have a circle. He right? does. He has a circle. And so some of them are people like Colossus who, who are trying to kind of get, get in to help mold him into a better, a quote unquote better version of himself. But he actually, he's got a community of people who love him just the way he is. He has Dopinter. He has, oh my God, I don't know anybody's names. He's the only one I know the name of because I love yeah, him so Dupinder, much. Yeah, Dopinter. He has uh, Weasel. Yes. Uh, the um the 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 blind lady. Oh my god, I totally forget. She's amazing. He yeah, he I mean, he's got a girl. Okay, she dies at the start of this one, but like still he had her, you know? Right. And and they were loves of each other's lives. And and yeah, I Vanessa. love Yes, he has Vanessa. He you know, you you think I, I would have written down all these names, but I did not because I apparently am not good at this, but whatever. You guys are listening anyway. <laughs> so uh, that's something that I really like about this because actually when when I work with people, isolation and feeling disconnected from people and sometimes not even interacting with other people is very, very common. And there's this sense of I there aren't people out there that I can connect with. Um, it could be that they've tried and it's gone miserably. It could be that they're too afraid to because of how it might turn out or a lot of things. But it's so great to see a character like this who's clearly different, who's very quirky, who, like we were talking about before, is hitting on some points that I think a number of people with mental health conditions could really relate to. And here he is finding his people. And, and that's what I always like to focus on with folks is there, there, there are people out there for everybody. Now, some yeah, people someone might, loves you. Yeah, someone can love you. There might now some people might be able to get along with almost anybody. And I want to I want to rephrase because I said some someone loves you. Someone likes you because it's very possible to love someone and not like being around them. True. Yeah. And, yeah. and not be in their circle because of how they are. So I'm going to say fair. someone out there likes you. Right, like wants yeah, to be around. Yeah, and so that's the thing is that there, there are people out there who most everyone will like them, want to be around them, that sort of thing. But you know what? There's a whole range of people, and there are people who are more of an acquired taste, and it might be harder to find your people, either because of um, things you're dealing with that make it hard to connect, or maybe there's just stuff about your personality or your interests or whatever they might be. It's not a right or wrong thing. It's just, you know, it's kind of like the stinkiest. Uh, this is a terrible analogy I'm making, but even the stinkiest of cheeses. It can be really good cheese, but not everyone likes such such a strong flavor, even though it's so delicious. Um, that was a terrible analogy. I'll come up with a better one later. But well, honestly, <laughs> it works, though, because my ADHD is kicking in and I'm currently thinking about 
the villain from Biker Mice from Mars, whose name was Limp Burger. And he, <laughs> like, that's where my mind went when you said that. And so I think we're right on track. I there think you we're, go. There you exactly go. See, I kept be. things right in line there. So, so now everyone who feels a required taste feels like I'm calling them stinky, but you know, whatever. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's one of those days for me. Um, but but I, I love that it shows him finding his people and they're as quirky as he is. I mean, they're hired hitmen or they're cab drivers who that want to be hit who want to be hitmen. It's uh, strippers and yeah. um, uh, quirky old blind ladies. And I, and I love the addition of Domino. I yes, she's so great. She is so, which I've always, everything that I've ever seen Zazie Beats in, I've loved her in it. And so, uh, seeing, I think I saw her in this, this was one of the first things I saw her. And I think Atlanta season one was out by then. And I love her. I love her character in Atlanta. And then when she was in this as Domino, I was really excited because as soon as they said who she was, Mm. I remember what Domino's power was. And it was always Mm -hmm so fun to watch because it's like oh her power is she's lucky <laughs> like what a great power to which have. by the way i i i it's the perfect one to have with deadpool because he just makes fun of it the whole time but let's be honest that's like the best power of the best all power. time the, best, the power. best one ever like that's um she's an like she, that's omega level mutant right there right like that is like that's, she is yeah that's like the best life ever and I love how, yeah, you're right. He makes so much fun of it being lazy writing. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, once again, so his character, is he is he mentally ill? Or is he just really aware in a way that makes it hard for him to work within the scheme of what everyone else is aware of? Because he's talking about the writing of the freaking movie, for God's sake. Oh yeah, and he's ma- he's constantly making outside references. Like at one point, he Thanos. he calls Cable Thanos. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> he it's, yeah, it's you it's, know me and Keaton have hang- hung out a lot when he says, "Oh, one of my favorites," and yeah. I I know what you're talking about before yeah. you even get there. He just yeah, he just yeah, <laughs> calling him Thanos is fantastic. It's it was great, and then he's like, "Who's the guy with the Winter Soldier arm?" And like he just there's so <laughs> many. He, he there's so many what was another one i love when he's like oh man i don't have my powers right now give me a bow and arrow and i'm basically hawkeye <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, all the all the shots that he takes he even he, says i'm batman he even yes, says that. i was about to say he even goes to dc because i think at one point he talks about uh both our mom's names being martha yeah making like, fun of that terrible part of batman versus superman what a movie. but yeah it's it's so He's he's so much fun just because and you just you're constantly in stitches hanging around him. But at the same time, you're constantly in danger and you never know what is going to happen in this world. And so I'm not going to lie. It was really funny to me when. The the way that he is, he's like, you know what, we need to form a team, we need to form (laughs) a superhero team and people are going to apply to join our team and i'm like what (laughs) anyone who knows him would be like absolutely not not even close and (laughs) it was such a funny looky loo too because i really thought that they were going to be in this movie so much longer (laughs) (laughs) you should have known better this is freaking deadpool man so so i do want to hit on something though because we're talking about how hilarious he is 
but I also want to hit on why. So, so he's he's definitely a character that is hilarious, keeps you on your toes. But like you said, there there's the importance of the Colossus like characters or the more grounded. I don't know, more grounded. That makes it sound like, but the more seriously toned characters that he tends to be set up with, or even even the people in his own life that he's more connected to. These are such important characters because. This is a guy who could easily just have surface level relationships with people because everyone sees him. And first off, they're they're guessing and staying on their toes. And, and it's honestly can be tiring. But also because he would he might look fine if you're not paying close enough attention. Absolutely. And he's actually very much in pain, in intense pain throughout the entire movie. He's in Bella from Twilight Pain, where he where both characters are putting themselves in near near death experiences trying to reconnect to their lost love. I trust you, but I'm happy to say I've never seen it. Really? <laughs> never that seen it. That shocks me. Never read it. I'm That I'm, shocks. Well, don't read it. The I tried to read one once and the writing was terrible, but I mean the movies are terrible too. But it's okay. kind of that like I want to see something terrible movie is, okay. is when I watch them. Um so yeah, so she actually does the same thing, the the main character, because it's don't it's terrible. The these characters, but that therapy so, Twilight podcast. Oh, so bad. <laughs> but she, it, she's like so dependent. Anyway, yeah, she does a similar thing where it's like, oh, in near death experiences, I can connect with this person I care about who's no longer here. Although he was still a lot. I don't know. She was uh, anyway. Um, not a character. Lazy writing. Lazy writing. (laughs) (laughs) But he's in deep pain, and like you said, characters like Colossus can pick up on it, and 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 the other folks in his life, they can tell, and they all they all connect with him and and try and help him and support him in that in different ways. Like he can't always handle Colossus because Colossus is trying to change him into something different. Which isn't always the best way to go about it, but then again, he's trying to help him not kill people. So I, I do right. see why you would want to. Yeah, that. definitely. <laughs> I definitely, and I really do. I really do love that because I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I project happiness even in my lowest points, and mm. I am glad that I have friends that can see right through it. Like if mm-hmm. I'm at like a party or something and I'm just cracking joke after joke and drinking and having a good time and stuff. At some point they will get me in a corner and be like, so Keaton, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, anti-thriving. I'm not great right now. I'm going to be honest. I'm be honest. It- Do you want to keep partying? They're like, no, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, and I'm guessing Turn the it's music both, down. <laughs> it's both it's both a relief and probably anxiety proving like, oh shoot, I was I was trying to deflect. I, I don't want people seeing this. And at the same time, oh thank God someone is seeing this. You know, there tends to be this it's duality a, happening. It's a little bit it it's a little bit of both. Because yeah, on one hand I'm like, man, I'm glad to have people who care about me. On the other hand, I'm like, damn it, I thought I was a better actor. <laughs> like, I thought I was better than that. And like, isn't that weird? Why do we do that? Why do we try and act our way through the th- very things that friends are there for? It's, I, gosh, you know, I think it's just, it's 
I think sometimes you're just exhausted. You don't feel mm-hmm. like dealing with it. You yep. you you don't feel like focusing on it. You're because yep. sometimes you just get in this state where you're like, I just want to forget about it. I don't mm-hmm. want to think about it right now, even though it is a problem that you need to deal with, that mm-hmm. you have to deal with. You're just like, I'm everything's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. And, and sometimes those breaks can be helpful, especially if it's a more longstanding issue. And not something that can just kind of be solved real quick. There can also, though, be this really weird piece where, especially with things like depression, for example, it's this insidious beast because you kind of want to prove it right. You want to prove the depression right that, see, I am alone. See, people can't understand me or 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 can't relate or see things you know it's gonna keep going this direction. and i'm not saying everyone's depression is like this by any means but depression or other kind of experiences sometimes they fold into themselves like that where we're we're driven it's not always a distraction sometimes he's distracting trying to make light to move through and then other times you get this sense of of oh he's just desperately trying to cover it up Right. Right. And and it's and it's so funny because we're the watchers. And so we clearly mm. are seeing like he's joking with these people and getting them to like go away. Like, I don't love you. Like, get out of here and like making a joke or something. And we're seeing right through it because we're like, oh, yeah, 15 minutes ago. His girlfriend got killed by yeah. some goons and he's not in a good place right now. And he's just laughing his way through it just put on a laugh track and let's just get through this because it is what it is uh and it's that is in those moments he's very much a real life character because like i i am guilty of it i am guilty i will i will act like a blatant tony stark-esque narcissist when i am in my maximum Mm. amount of pain i absolutely will i will fake it till i make it and then clearly never make it like (laughs) so it's funny that you say this and we can we can edit this out if you feel like it's too much but i actually remember (laughs) chatting with one of our friends once and um i was like oh man i wish keaton had better self-confidence and they were like, what are you talking about? Keaton is so confident all the time. I was, da, da, da. And I was like, no, he's not. That, no. That's nope. just a show. Nope. Completely, <laughs> utterly full of it. So you fooled no. at least one person out there. Absol- yeah. Absolutely don't edit it out. The world needs to know. <laughs> if you ever meet me and it's like, man, that guy's pretty, really haughty and into himself. It's like, oh, wow. No, he's not. He just... So, nope. <laughs> so okay, and Keep and, and I want to make this very, very clear. I'm not saying this is what Keaton is at all. Yeah, but when this it is comes... also like 15 years ago too. Yeah, this was a long time yeah. ago too. But <laughs> even then, I'm not saying this is what you were at all. But yeah. so narcissism, so narcissistic personality disorder is something in the DSM, which is how in the United States we diagnose uh, mental health uh, diagnoses, and so there are certain, um things certain not really symptoms but traits a person might have that can add up to narcissism so that grandiosity we think of and all that stuff um 
a lot of times we think of there can be vulnerable narcissists, essentially. And actually, they, they kind of look at different kinds. But one, one kind of narcissist, it, it's actually a lot of times narcissism is built out of low self-esteem. And like it's protect, this, like protection or exactly overcorrection. Exactly. It's an attempt to manage low self-esteem that unfortunately becomes rigid and becomes a problem in and of itself. It never helps the person actually fully be able to deal with that, that low self-confidence, that insecurity they have. And so, like you said, they overcompensate in these ways, uh, which once again, I'm not saying this was Keaton whatsoever. No. Uh, and even with Deadpool, I don't think that's necessarily happening. But in general, this is the kind of patterns that we can often see is any any reaction we have isn't necessarily bad. But if, like you were saying, like an overcorrection or if it's too pervasive, too rigid, we use it too much or too extremely, it can get in our way. Yeah. And with Deadpool, he's at risk of that humor getting in his way of people yeah. being able to help him through his pain. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, and that is, it's, it's always funny because at the end, by the, like, the end of every movie, you do get serious. Like, you, mm -hmm. you, do, he'll, he'll still be joking and he'll still yep. be, cra and, and he'll still be cracking jokes and everything, but it will be during very serious moments, which is, I know, right? It's such a thin line that they pull off so well. I know. I it's don't know very, how yeah. the writers did that. Yeah. And also, to be fair, actually, I feel like everyone had to do it well. Not yeah. just the writers, but how you act it, how you choreograph it. All the different pieces have to come together for that to fly. Because there's so many movies where I go, ugh. <laughs> and I don't do that in, in the Deadpool movies. Yeah, and it's just, it like, kudos to uh, Josh Brolin. Because I just love watching him be, like, so, like, stoic in these Dead movies. Man. A deadpan while Wade is just like dancing in circles around him, like <laughs> just being so goofy and off the wall and ridiculous while they're both trying to seemingly accomplish uh, the same thing. And completely mm -hmm. off topic here, but I also love that they did a better juggernaut in this movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they did do a better juggernaut. And I, I, I actually loved how Juggernaut had a heart in this. It, it's, it's subtle, but he very subtle. <laughs> he, he, you know, he connects with the kid who's been abused and alone, and yeah, and needing, Russell. needing help. Not only does he help the kid when there's not really any options, but when they get out of the facility, it's like, and, yeah, let's go get him. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's, root, he's, he's with rooting Russell them the on, whole like, time. yeah, you you go get them. You make them pay, essentially. Like, he he kind of took them under his wing. You can tell he, it makes you wonder about Juggernaut. It's like, well, uh, you can relate to this kid, I think. Well, yeah, Juggernaut, well, he's, he's in this prison. He's by himself. Mm -hmm. He's feared by everyone. He mm. doesn't get to hang out with people. And, of course... Russell comes along, he's in a low place, and he's like, you know what? We can look out for each other. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. This is a, 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 a quite the tag team. Bit. And it is interesting that Juggernaut did stick by him. Right? It is. It was, it, 
it was a little far-fetched because I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know. But I did love it. I did love it because, I mean, even, yeah, because in the comics, Juggernaut is uh, Professor X's stepbrother. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, and he just has a severe hatred for Professor X, and they've never touched on this in the movies at all, but in the comics, yeah, Kane Marco is like Professor X's uh, stepbrother. That so this is from, okay, so not to tattle on Keaton, but I'm tattling on Keaton. So he he was dissing Marvel Comics before this, like, yeah, I've got a huge collection, but I haven't read any of them because DC is better. And here you are with all the knowledge dropping over here. Okay, I might have read some of it but like i have (laughs) the 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 podcast is called bat therapy i have a Mm -hmm. persona to maintain sometimes my text messages might get lost out there and Mm -hmm. people might imbibe and post things on twitter about it and so maybe i do (laughs) may i will admit i know more about marvel comics than i let I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's helpful because you know but, we don't we don't want to only stick to Batman. Yeah, but it is. But yeah, seeing, and honestly, seeing what Russell's going through in this is is very mm. sad too. Because I mean, he's a he's abused. Like he yeah was be like was being abused, and it was one thing about it was how quick Deadpool picked up on it. Which yes. is one thing that I thought was pretty cool. Like Deadpool was like seeing right through it, mm-hmm. and the only difference is Colossus was like they deserve justice, and Deadpool was like they sure do. Mm-hmm. Like it is, and Deadpool, yeah, he saw it right away. And at one point, he said that kid was abused. You can tell. You can always tell. Yeah, and and it was. It's just so sad because, like, Russell's clearly the victim, and he does not want to be the victim anymore yeah but you see how it plays out when he does not get help you see it in the future he becomes very villainous and well here's the thing if you're never the victim it's it means that you're never risking being the victim and it probably means that you are gonna end up being the victimizer in some situations and honestly i it it made me think about it because i'm like that's not even though this is very much fictional, that's not that far off base, especially when you look mm-hmm. at like serial killers and like a lot of the commonalities that they had in their childhood. It was mm-hmm. very, very uh, abusive, right? It was very abusive. And so. And even going not even to that extreme. I mean, if you look at, if you look at um, violence within the home, a lot of times people who perpetuate violence. That's what they grew up with. Yeah. Also, and, that's, yeah. and that's not to say that a person isn't culpable and responsible for their own actions later in life by any means. But absolutely, you can, you can, sometimes when there is that in, intense situation, violence, abuse, neglect, et cetera, sometimes people go in, in one of two extreme directions. Not always, thankfully, but you can either inadvertently that's all you know and you end up continuously being in these places where you're taken advantage of because that's what you know and so you're you're falling into those scenarios when other people will see it as red flags and back away or 
if like Russell, you say, I'm not going to be the victim anymore, you might end up being the victimizer and inadvertently yeah. overcompensating in the other direction. That's a really good point. And, and that's, I, I want to asterisk and just say, most of the time you fall somewhere in the middle. I don't want to make, you know, I, right. I, I don't want to suggest that this is always the case, but. Right. And it was just so sad because like he was at the beginning of the movie, you could tell he was in this situation where he felt like he was completely alone mm -hmm. and he's like reaching out and trying to bond with anyone. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, wait, yep. me and him can be friends. Oh. Me and Juggernaut can be friends. Like, I just, yep. I want someone in mm -hmm. my corner. And you, I, I feel like you got to be careful with that because when you feel alone, sometimes you can reach out to the wrong people just because yep. you don't want to be alone anymore. It's mm -hmm. And you're reaching out to people that aren't exactly healthy, yep. right? And and it might not feel like you have a choice, or maybe in some circumstances you don't necessarily have a choice. I mean, when you're right. imprisoned and there aren't very many opportunities to connect, there might be very few people that are willing or you're able to connect with, like this case, which is why rehabilitation, it's ironic that let's rehabilitate people. How are we going to do it in the United States? We'll put you around a bunch of other people who are struggling with being in society and yeah. not and completely seclude you from the people who seem to be able to manage it. Yeah. Um, so same kind of set of circumstances here. We're going to put all of you together. And then the only way that you have to connect is to connect with each other. And you're going to feel more and more disconnected from other people. Right. But yeah, it's they, there's definitely a lot of abuse that was going on. It's also so terrible because Domino's like, oh, that's why I'm here. Because they also abused me. So it's been going on for freaking years. She's like, because I'm so lucky to be here. <laughs> I'm so lucky to. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Wade also, Deadpool, he he saw it so quickly because he kind of hints at the fact that he he knows what it's like. Mm -hmm. He was abused. And once again, you see, OK, here's where Wade Wilson started to develop. Here's where all that quirkiness was coming from, all that humor, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And. It's a strength. And then, you know, you've got to be careful, though, because if he took that too far to the extreme, he would be completely disconnected from people the way that Russell was was becoming. Yeah. And it's it's that laugh through the the pain mentality. I tell you, like when like the, I've had several people tell me like, yep, when I'm having a really horrible day or going through something, you know what? I go straight to internet memes and it's like, that gets me, <laughs> that gets me through. I, yep. I, I'm, I'm definitely feeling, I'm definitely really low right now, but you know what? Here's some funny internet memes. That's great. Right. Just and give just... me a cat leaping awkwardly into a bush. Yeah. Or, you know, cats yeah. and babies cuddling together. Yeah. 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 Everyone. Yeah. Everyone has their thing for me for the longest time. And this is why, honestly, I got such a big, movie collection when mm -hmm. i would be stressed my go-to was going to walmart raiding the five dollar bin oh, yeah. and buying cinnamon rolls it was like my yeah. my my go-to cover-up and then it shifted more to memes because i started getting a lot of weight there's it was a uh -huh. lot of cinnamon rolls and that was like actually you might not need cinnamon rolls right now you might should go talk to someone and i'm like you know yeah th this is a great this is a great example of of 
you can't have just one thing. You can't have just humor like Deadpool. You can't have just the $5 bin and cinema rolls. You're going to be broke and, you know, diabetic. It's <laughs> you unhealthy. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why we need numerous things. Yeah. Maybe you go and talk to a professional. Maybe you uh, go to lunch with a friend. Maybe you exercise. Maybe you, I don't know, scream into a pillow. But yeah. you have numerous things because if you have just one thing, it's going to backfire in some way. It, it, it's just not going to be enough. That's a good point. Do we have, and I'm already laughing thinking about it, do we have a mindful nerd moment for Deadpool? We do, but I feel like you're just going to ADHD your way through it, but we'll it, do it anyway. It'll be fine. It'll be <laughs> It'll be great. It's going to be fun. That, that, and that's not a diss. That's just a, I feel like there's just no getting around. I mean, I think everyone will kind of feel ADHD through it because, you know, it's Deadpool, yeah. but whatever. So, so I was trying to think of something from the movie that we could use, but I, I don't, I didn't feel great about using something violent. Fair. And that took away many, many, <laughs> many, many. Many, 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 many options. <laughs> yeah, especially because it's Deadpool 2. If it were Deadpool 1, we could have done the mindful coloring that he does at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. Just listening Swinging to his on music. on a bridge. Yeah, yeah, listening to his music coloring. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we'll have to keep that in mind for when, not if we do Deadpool yeah. 1, because I love these movies, so we have to do the other one, too. Um. So- <laughs> So I thought we could do mindful, mindfully growing a new pair of legs. <laughs> As f- yeah, I the- I told you you're gonna ADHD your way through this. Oh my goodness! <laughs> for some reason, those parts are the hardest parts for me to watch in these movies. Out of everything <laughs> gratuitous and violent, those parts when he's regrowing limbs, I'm just like, ugh. Squeeze my eyes closed. <laughs> like, can it please in? I don't want to look anymore. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like when I watched Watchmen with a friend. They were fine with all the gratuitous violence, but heaven forbid Dr. Manhattan doesn't wear clothes. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm fine with blatant war crimes, but I'm not going to stay. But a for giant nudity. dick slinging around. I'm not. Okay <laughs> not because he was, you know, big and everything too. I will not stand for it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I thought we, we could we could mindfully grow a new pair of legs. Um, so just to refresh people's memories, so in this movie, at a certain point, Juggernaut just rips Deadpool in half, as you do. Yep. And so then Deadpool's hanging out with his friends and they're all kind of freaking out because they come and they're like, oh, because they see he's just got these little toddler legs attached to the bottom of his body because he's growing his legs back. <laughs> and he he actually talks about how it it's kind of uncomfortable or growing pains are happening. He's literally feeling all these growing pains super quickly. So I thought what we could do is just be mindful with the growing a new pair of legs. All right. You know, that's that's what we have, because I wasn't going to do, you know, shooting people, stabbing them, Parachute uh, hitting them with bricks. I know. There, there were a lot of really fun things in the movie that I was like, 
I don't think we can do a mindfulness thing about it. That might take some people down a dark path. So, yeah. okay. Uh, so just sit comfortably, but sitting straight and close your eyes if you're comfortable with it or just, you know, don't focus on anything in particular in the room. Just kind of let your, your gaze soften. And starting with just paying attention to your breath, using your inhale and your exhale, focusing in on that to help you be able to hone in with yourself. Notice what your breath feels like. And I want you to shift from where you are now to sitting on Deadpool's couch. And here you are as Deadpool. You are sitting there with your brand new pair of legs. And it's a new experience for you. Let's say this is the first time it's happened and you're just going to kind of take in the experience. So you're continuing to breathe in, breathe out, and you're noticing the odd sensations that come with the growing of your legs. It's uncomfortable. Notice that discomfort and allow it to pass you by. And notice what those legs feel like on the couch as you sit there. Swing your legs, kicking them back and forth a little bit, getting used to new movement. These are new muscles, new limbs. And notice how it might feel odd or strange and yet familiar. And just taking in the moment of kicking your brand new legs, getting them ready for your first few steps. And once again, all these sensations might feel odd or uncomfortable. There might even be some pain, but not focusing in on any of those experiences in particular, just noticing when they happen and then letting them float by. Appreciating the fact that these legs are here and, and growing and allowing you to shift yourself up to the edge of the couch and Cable's in front of you, and you want to shake his hand. You're making that deal in the movie, and you want to shake his hand, so you scooch up to the front of the couch. You stand on your legs for the first time. You feel the ground beneath you. You feel your muscles. You might wobble to the side a little bit. You might have a little fear of falling, but you just notice that fear and you let it flow by. And then you put one foot in front of the other, feeling that, that wobble yet security of your weight. And you walk slowly toward cable. Once again, just noticing what the ground feels like between your feet, beneath your feet, noticing how your muscles gradually learn how to flow and to do what needs to be done to walk more and more solidly. And then you make it to Cable and you shake his hand. And when you're ready, we're going to shift back out of Deadpool, back into you and your fully grown legs. And breathe in as Deadpool, but breathe back out as you. Breathe in 
and breathe out again. And when you're ready, we will wrap up the podcast. I see some smiles over there, Keaton. <laughs> so I will not lie. This one, this was the first mindful, this was the first mindful nerd moment where I felt like I was legitimately trying not to laugh. <laughs> The whole time, because it was such a ridiculous part of the movie. And just imagining so that situation, it was funny all over again. Which, I mean, I'm smiling, I'm laughing. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it accomplishes it. Like, there's so many different ways that I think mindfulness can uh, can accomplish things. Like, because I'm definitely laughing. I'm definitely... Well, and here's the thing is that... So, th I mean, this is not going to be your most streamlined mindful nerd moment. This is not going to be. And it's Deadpool. If it was, yeah. it'd be kind of weird. You know, we got to right. stick with the theme, I guess. Yeah. But also, who says mindfulness can't be fun to attempt? You know, if yeah. it gives us a giggle here and there, that's kind of nice. Because some, honestly, a lot of times people don't want to do mental health stuff because it's all serious all the time. Well, and that's the thing, too, about mindfulness. It's something that belongs to you. You, mm. it, it's, it's exactly what you want it to be. We're just giving, we're giving examples here, right? We're giving, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have to be that way. It's one of those things where you make it, it can, it can mm -hmm. be whatever you want it to be. Uh, and yeah, it's just a way of coming back to base. Yeah, exactly. And and we want these things, part of why we're doing them is we want it to be fun. Now, th this one's a little more tongue-in-cheek than most of them, because I think yeah. a lot of people are just going to be like, oh, my God, this is fucking goofy. Yeah. Right? But, you know, we can be goofy, and we can be mindful about our goofiness, which the, in turn helps us appreciate it more, helps us live in that moment more. So it's nice to be able to appreciate the goofiness and the fun when it's happening. Definitely. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. Find me on social media at Crafting the Mind. And I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.